Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that I am looking for 50 people with Hashimoto's. If you have been diagnosed in the last 10 years and you feel lost or confused about exactly what to do, then I want to invite you to join me for a free training call on Thursday, May 16th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, where I will show you how to support your thyroid for your thyroid type and your specific Hashimoto's triggers. You will also find out how to lower your thyroid antibodies and how to get to the bottom of all of your thyroid symptoms, the weight gain, the fatigue, the brain fog, the inflammation, the hair loss. Please go to inatoppler.com slash Zoom call to register, and I will send you all of the call details. I only have room for 50 people, so please be sure that you register at inatoppler.com slash Zoom call and get your spot right now. Meet Valerie. She's 39 and has been dealing with restless sleep for several years. She seems to fall asleep okay, but then wakes up multiple times in the middle of the night, and it may take her 30 minutes or more to fall back asleep each time. Needless to say, she wakes up in the morning feeling exhausted and not ready to start her day. She tried all the sleep meds, but she still woke up. She then tried reducing her stress and taking supplements to lower stress that she read about online, which helped a bit, but it didn't completely regulate her sleep. She really wanted to fix this, but was out of ideas. When I met Valerie, I noticed that while she was doing a lot to help manage her stress, like meditating, taking baths before bed and reading, which are all wonderful techniques, she was not paying too much attention to what she was eating and what was going into her body in general. After running a few tests, I saw that she had a higher amount of certain toxins in her body, and she also had a few genes that slowed down her ability to get rid of toxins, so a double whammy. I knew we had to dig a bit deeper here to see how this could be impacting her sleep to find the missing pieces to solve this health mystery. Every year, thousands of people are told there's no explanation for their health concerns and no way to fix them. They feel frustrated, undermined, and lost. I know because that was me before I figured out the actual causes and reclaimed my health. Now. I help others do the same. I'm Ina Toppler, and this is Health Mystery Solved. We just heard about Valerie. She was so fed up with waking up in the middle of the night and then therefore, of course, feeling exhausted in the morning. Join me on the show today to talk more about Valerie's case is Wendy Myers. Wendy is the founder of MyersDetox.com and creator of the Myers Detox Protocol. She's a detox guru, functional diagnostic nutritionist, and NES bioenergetic practitioner based in LA. She's the number one bestselling author of Limitless Energy, How to Detox Toxic Metals, and End Exhaustion and Chronic Fatigue passionate about the importance of detox to live a long, disease-free life. She's a sought-after speaker, appearing on countless summits and podcasts. She's the host of the popular Myers Detox Protocol podcast and co-host of the Supercharged podcast with Harry Massey. Wendy, thrilled to have you here. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me. So we all know that good restful sleep is essential for health, but so many of us are unfortunately not 
getting it. And while, of course, every person is different and the underlying causes do vary from person to person, in Valerie's case, her tests showed that her body was dealing with a lot of toxins and her liver function was really not optimal. So can you please connect the dots for us about how toxicity can be related to poor sleep, especially waking up in the middle of the night? Yes, well, you know, the liver is the the seat of sleep, so to speak, where if you your your liver is not functioning optimally because it's overloaded with having to break down and export so many toxins that we have in our environment, it can affect sleep. And so whenever I have a client, and even this happened to myself too, that is waking up consistently at say 3 a.m. every night or between 2 and 3 a.m., we know there's typically going to be a liver problem there. And uh, so I always recommend people do kind of liver, liver flushing, liver gallbladder flushes, and maybe coffee enemas and taking liver support supplements to try to support the liver and its job to detox the body as much as possible. Because with the, you know, 80 to 100,000 chemicals it's estimated to be in our environment and dozens of heavy metals, the liver really has a tough job in addition to, you know, breaking down our, our fats in our body and dealing with uh, too much sugar or refined greens in our diet. So the liver has a, a big job and we need to support it as much as possible to also facilitate good sleep. Yeah. And, you know, the liver does have a really important job for sure. And it wasn't surprising that Valerie was dealing with a lot of this because she was eating a diet that was very high in processed foods. She really didn't pay too much attention to eating organic. So she was exposed to a lot of pesticides and she was using products around her house and on her body that were just full of chemicals. And Wendy, what are the most common ways that we can expose ourselves to toxins? Well, most commonly water is a huge source. So even if you're drinking bottled water or properly or, you know, filtered water where you think you're using a, a pure filter or a Brita filter or just a, a very basic filter, not typically filtering out a lot of the metals and chemicals and medications and parasites and radiation and all different other types of contaminants that can be in water. And then even if you are in uh, drinking properly filtered water or spring water, people are showering in toxic water every day. So there's a lot of different uh, places where toxins can sneak in. So water is common, air and our food. So even if you like take all the precautions possible in your house, controlling all your beauty products and household cleaners, and you have a whole house water filter, you still breathe in toxins in the air. And it's just from coal burning and manufacturing, lots of, of stuff released into our air and auto exhaust. And then we also have our food, um, lots of uh, contaminants uh, from pesticides in the soil, leaded gasoline, which was used for decades, that lead has settled into the soils and gotten into our food supply. And there's lots of strange fertilizers that can have cadmium in them and just lots of different ways that toxins enter our food supply and, and even into our supplements. So it's just a lot of different ways these toxins enter our body. That's why you really have to be looking at toxins when, uh, you know, looking at your health when trying to troubleshoot different symptoms or diagnoses you may have, because I assure you that a toxin or a chemical can be an underlying root cause. Yeah. And we're just, there's so much like you're saying around and 
if for everyone listening, you know, we're not saying that we have to live in the bubble, right? We're going to be exposed to some of these things, but it's about really looking at where the exposure is coming from. How can we limit it? And then, you know, what we could do to, of course, properly detox. Now, out of the different toxins that we're all exposed to, are there certain ones that you feel like are kind of like the biggies that people really, really need to pay attention to? Yeah, well, mercury is something that everyone knows about. And it's, a you know, one of the things that most people have. And we get exposure in, uh, you know, large migratory fish like tuna, shellfish. We also get it in mercury fillings, which most people have had a mercury filling or still have them. That's the silver fillings. Those are about 50% mercury. And, um, but those also have other metals in them as well. And we also get mercury in the air. That's how it gets into the fish. It's just from coal burning Mercury and other metals get released into the air and then we, we breathe that in. So mercury is probably the biggest one that can cause sleep disturbances, that can cause um, you know disturbances in your neurotransmitter production. And it can also cause, you know, brain fog and fatigue and lots and lots and lots of symptoms. And also gut dysfunction because it kills our good gut bacteria. So all those mercury fillings that you have, you you know swallow some of that mercury periodically every time you're biting down or clenching down on the, the fillings and that mercury can get into your gut and kills off beneficial gut flora, which then affects your digestion, absorption and your immune system functioning. And uh, lots of other examples. I mean, there's, there's lead, there's arsenic, um, there is a thallium, thallium is a big one that can interfere in sleep. And just so many different metals that affect uh, different aspects of our health and metabolism. Now, on this podcast, I often talk about labs and how, unfortunately, we may not get comprehensive testing when seeing just a general practitioner. And additionally, the ranges are just so, so wide. So can you talk about looking at, say, liver function on a regular blood test, like a metabolic panel, which is most often run by regular doctors, and why that's typically not enough? Yeah, well, those types of liver tests done by medical doctors are typically enzyme tests. And so enzymes can be raised for a number of different reasons. Uh, different, It's a, a marker of different health issues that are going on. Um, but that is not really going to signify if your liver is toxic or how well it's detoxing or how well it's processing metals and chemicals. Uh, detox enzymes are completely different from digestive enzymes that they function differently and have different ways of being stimulated. Um, so really the only type of test that can be done is a, a liver function test where you can kind of see how long it takes for caffeine to be metabolized or other products to be metabolized by the liver. Unfortunately, I used to run this test. There was a lab in Australia that did it and that lab stopped using that test. So I honestly... I don't know of a test in the United States that that currently does that test, that type of test. Um, so, but one thing that we can do is genetics testing to kind of look indirectly at liver functioning at phase one and two functioning of, you know, glutathionation and glucuronidation. Mm-hmm. And can you actually just explain a little bit for everyone listening, what is uh, phase one and phase two of the liver, just so people are on the same page? 
Yeah, well, phase one um, is detox. That happens in all of your cells, but the liver has all the detox ability. We have all the detox enzymes that we have. That's why we can't live without a liver. But for to a certain degree, all cells detox. And so that we have phase one where the body breaks down toxins into water-soluble components. And then phase two is where the body uh, takes the toxins out. And it excretes them from the body. Just a simple, simplified explanation. And so you can either have phase one not working so well or phase two not working so well or both. And the people that have uh, both phases not working well tend to be sicker. They tend to have more health issues because they, the toxins come in, but they just can't get out. They can't be broken down. Yeah. Thanks for explaining that. And it is important, of course, like you're saying to have both phases working because yeah, if one is not working, say if uh, phase one's working well and two is not, you're pushing all these toxins out, but can't actually get them through. And if phase two is not working well, then uh, toxins are just going to be circulating. So um, we definitely want to make sure that we get them working. So in terms of the genetics, um, you talked about some genetic tests to look at this. Can you give us a little bit more insight about what tests those are and what they'll be looking at? I just use a 23andMe genetic test at 23andMe.com to do, it's the, to do genetics testing. It's the most comprehensive test that one can do. And then I run it through a program called Sterling's app because uh, the FDA limits the type of information that 23andMe can provide to the public in regards to their health. And so they're just kind of being watched by the FDA um, because obviously the FDA wants people to buy drugs. So, uh, so you have to take that raw data and run it through other, there's many, many apps out there. Um, ben Lynch, of seekinghealth.com or MTHFR support has, um, you know, his own app, but I really like Sterling's app and that will give you some really good information uh, from where you can look at your phase one and phase two functioning. But I think getting into a conversation about kind of the details of that is beyond the scope of a podcast uh, or, you know, beyond the scope of like having a, productive detox conversation. It gets really complex. <laughs> so it's, but it's just a good thing to do. It's a good thing to check your genetics, but there are some weaknesses because it's not like real time data. It's not, it's kind of showing our genetic propensity, which can be changed by our diet and environment. So the G's genes can be turned off and on. Mm, I'm so glad you're mentioning that. And uh, just to kind of comment on, uh, on what you're saying for everyone listening, the 23andMe is something where you can test polymorphisms in a bunch of different genes. And because they're not giving you raw data, the Sterling app that Wendy's speaking about is something that you can run the information through to get the individual genes. But just like she's saying, just because you have the gene doesn't mean the gene is going to express. So it doesn't mean that, oh no, I have this gene, that's it. Now this is the end of the world and I have this problem or potentially have this disease. It's more that we have to be mindful of it and we have to do things proactively to make sure that we're supporting those pathways. Wendy, how else can we assess our toxicity levels? I know you said that there was a lab you used to use in Australia that is not doing it anymore. Are there other tests that you like that will look at metals or other toxins? 
Yeah. So my number one test that I start with everyone with is called a hair mineral analysis. Love hair analysis. Yes. It, well, it's a great screening tool and it's not the end all be all for a metals test, you know, cause some metals come out in the hair, some metals we see best in the urine and some metals we see best in the stool. So, uh, it, but it's a, a great starting point. It's a great screening tool, much like a CBC panel is a great way to kind of look at someone's blood and see what's going on with them to then warrant further testing. And a hair mineral analysis uh, also will give us information about minerals, uh, which is uh, really key. You've got to use minerals to push out heavy metals out of the body. But of, of course, it gives us information about heavy metal toxicity that somebody has. So I like to start there. And it's anyone can do a hair mineral analysis as long as they have a little bit of hair <laughs> or they have some chest hair, beard hair for us all our bald listeners. But beyond that, a urine test is great and a stool test can be also be warranted to look for cadmium toxicity and silver toxicity as well. And so those are the three tests I like to do. Great. What labs do you like to use for those? I use Trace Elements International for the hair test. And I use doctor's data for the urine and stool test. I don't use doctor's data for the hair test because they wash the hair and uh, it can skew the sodium potassium results, which I use those, those measurements for certain amount of information. And so that's why I use a different lab. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I use Trace as well. Um, I really like them for that same reason because they don't wash the hair. Now for the urine test, are you doing a provoked challenge for the metals or are you doing just a straight urine? I am not doing a provoked test. I mean, I've done lots and lots of tests provoked and unprovoked, and I'm just finding that it's not necessary to do a provoked test. Um, it's certainly better to get a clear picture uh, doing a provocation test, um, but because I'm, I'm not a licensed medical practitioner, I'm not allowed to uh, send a you know, prescription DMSA, which would be ideal for the test. And I certainly can't, even if I was licensed, I can't send that across to, to different states and all over the world, which uh, my practice is solely online. We, own, we work with people all over the world. And so I just found that with DMSA, it primarily gets mercury, lead, and nickel, which everyone has. I mean, statistically, everyone has lead, everyone has mercury, and almost everyone has nickel. So I just found that it's it's not really necessary to do a DMSA challenge. The, the majority of what I'm looking for in a urine test are not those three metals, which I know that people have. So I found I just don't really need to do a provocation test. Mm, that's great to know. Now, once people find that they have toxins and metals, what can they do to get them out of the body safely? You know, you can do kind of a, a shotgun approach. Like if you maybe don't have money to work with a practitioner, you can do things like binders to remove metals. You can do natural chelators or substances that grab onto toxins and pull them out of your tissues or, you know, metals are, can be deeply embedded in your tissues and not, not so easy to get out. And so I, I have products, one is called Citra Cleanse, which is a really good quality binder. And it has uh, some cilantro extract in it to chelate metals and pull them out of your body. And it has fulvic and humic, which are great detoxifiers and mineralizers. 
So it's a great kind of all-in-one detox, um, but there's lots of products on the market that are great. I love Quicksilver scientific products as well. Mm, me too. Different things work for different people. But in an ideal world, you want to do a targeted kind of sniper approach to supplementation because in, in testing and not guessing at what you need, in testing, you can see the minerals that you need that are helpful to push out metals. Almost everyone needs magnesium and zinc and potassium and selenium. Uh, they just get used up quickly in our stressful kind of toxic environment. And uh, also, depending on what metals you have, there are very specific uh, substances, the supplements that are shown in the research to detox certain metals. So if you have mercury, you need A, B, C, and D. If you have arsenic, you need A and B. If you have uh, you know, uranium, you need EDTA suppositories. So it just depends on what metals you have, and that will warrant what your detox protocol looks like. So it just saves a lot of kind of guesswork and time and money to just do a test and work with a practitioner that knows how to detox people of the specific toxins they have. But if uh, you know, you're not ready to go there yet and just want to dip your toe in the water, you can do a general toxin binder, a, you know, detox supplement like my Citricleanse. Mm-hmm. Now, you also mentioned the beginning of the show about coffee enemas and gallbladder flashes, uh, flushes. Excuse me. Is that something that people can do as well? Can you talk about that? Oh, yes. Yeah. On my website on myrcetox.com, I have a page on if you just type in liver flush. I have a page, I have two different types of liver gallbladder flushes. I have a simple one and a more complex, week-long one. And it's based on the Andrea Moritz, uh, Andrea Moritz uh, liver gallbladder flush. And those are very helpful. I mean, they can really help people to purge the liver. Um, and that's something you do on, on, on occasion, maybe every few months, every six months. And the coffee enemas or something you would do on a regular basis. I do a couple a week and I recommend people do them about every other day. Uh, I'm not a big fan of daily coffee enemas. They can be really draining for some people, Um, but I really love coffee enemas to help purge the liver and kind of help it dump its toxic contents into the intestine for elimination and to kind of, you know, increase bile flow, which a lot of people have, uh, don't make enough bile, which is the best binder on the planet. Bile binds up heavy metals. And um, a lot of people don't make thin enough bile. We need help with making bile. And so, and, and making glutathione. Coffee animals help produce glutathione in the body, which is a master antioxidant that helps to bind the metals to remove them out of the body. So coffee enemas are great for detox and for relieving detox symptoms. If you're just not feeling good one day, or you have a headache or pain or nausea or liver issues going on, fatty liver, coffee enemas are such a great way to address those issues and relieve them really quickly. Mm, That's great. And for those people that may not be familiar with how to do them, can you give a quick description of how someone would, how much coffee they would mix and how they would do it? Yeah. So I have on MyersDetox.com, if you type in coffee enemas, I have lots of instructions on uh, like actually really detailed instructions on how to do a coffee enema. I probably need to do a video on that too. Um, but just the long story short, you, I just take actually my old coffee grounds from my morning coffee. I drink purity coffee cause it's, you know, tested for metals and it's 
uh, pesticide-free and mold-free. So I'll just take that ideal coffee, I'll just throw those grinds into a pot with some filtered water, and then just brew that on the stove for about 10 minutes, boil it, and then strain it and use that in about a four-quart coffee enema bucket. It's a stainless steel bucket. And then pour that hot water into the bucket and fill it up with uh, more, you know, filtered water so that it's kind of like a little bit warmer than body temperature. And then you would just, you know, uh, use some of that, insert that in your colon and fill up. And then um, usually you have to do a few sessions, evacuate, release, evacuate, release. And, but over, you know, about, you want to hold them for a total of about 15 or 20 minutes. Uh, many times when people are first starting a coffee enema, they can't hold one for 15 minutes. So it's, it's okay if you can hold it, you know, three coffee enemas for five minutes each. <laughs> so you're getting a total of 15 minutes. And, and after that's done, um, people just tend to feel so much better. They feel more clear headed. They feel more energetic. They feel kind of just cleaner inside. Um, they like their mood is lifted or their pain is relieved. Uh, people generally feel so much better after doing a coffee enema and they're really, for me, just absolutely indispensable. They're not so glamorous <laughs> when you first start them, <laughs> but you get the hang of it after, you know, got to give it two or three times to kind of get the hang of it. Mm -hmm. And so you recommend a couple of times a week? Yeah, at least. I mean, I've been doing them a long time, so I, I don't need them as much as maybe someone starting out. I used to do them every single day. Um, but, uh, it, it just depends on what works for your body and where you are at in your health journey. But I think about every other day is a pretty, it's a nice pace. Mm. And then after a while, like you're saying, you don't need them as much. People can do them less often, like once a week or once every couple of weeks, or should there still be some type of consistency to them? You know, I just feel like our environment is so toxic and the liver is, has such a huge job to do. I just personally feel more comfortable doing a couple a week because I feel like I really assist my liver in dealing with all this stuff and just, you know, and it's, it's also helpful to clean out your colon as well. I believe that's, that's kind of a side effect of the coffee enema. That's not why we're doing the coffee enema. It's not just to clean out the colon, it's to flush the liver. And so I just feel more comfortable doing that on a regular basis. Do you do anything with probiotics uh, after the enema? I know that sometimes people say that they feel like some bacteria might be flushed out and they want to replenish. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I don't personally believe that, that the colon gets flushed out because you're using such a small amount of coffee and it's really only going up the first third of your colon. So there's no way for your, your colon to be flushed of bacteria. So I don't ever recommend that. I do recommend ozone. It's like if you have a little ozone machine, I have one. I'll, I'll put the ozone in the coffee and kind of ozonate it a little bit. And so that's one thing that's helpful. Um, but I, I kind of prefer the the top down repopulation mm -hmm. of the gut, <laughs> where you're just you're just kind of taking things orally, like eat, eating fermented foods and things like that to. Uh, repopulate the, the bifidus bacteria that's in the colon. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Uh, Wendy, how did you get into this field of detox yourself? Well, I'm, I'm like a lot of people. I came here from my own health issues and my own struggles and, and just seeing my family members struggles also with heavy metal toxicity. And I had just reached a point where 
I, I really felt like I was a full-time health nut. Like I was <laughs> just reading, constantly reading books and articles and just all day long, just living a really healthy lifestyle and just doing everything right. I mean, the amazing diet, all my food cooked at home, organic, fresh, local farmer's market, amazing supplements, the top of the line, most expensive, best, latest technology supplements. And I was exercising and I was, you know, trying to reduce stress and just doing everything. And I still felt like crap. <laughs> I was just like, what is going on? Like, what exactly is it that I need to do to feel good? You know, to wake up, you know, feeling joyful and lose weight easily and just, uh, you know, just feel really good in my body. And uh, I went to my doctor, I did all these tests and just figure out what's wrong with me. Something's going on. I was having lots of brain fog and fatigue and trouble losing weight. And I, I just felt really off. And I was having trouble sleeping also. And the doctor did all these tests and found out that I had low thyroid function. I had low adrenal function. I had the hormone levels of a menopausal woman at 37. Oh, goodness. And the doctor wanted to put me on hormone replacement. And I just thought, you know, that's just not, not what I envisioned for my life at 37 to go on a hormone replacement. So I went on Dr. Google and did some searching, you know, what, what causes your thyroid to not produce hormones? What causes your ovaries and adrenals to not produce hormones? What maybe interferes in hormones? And I happened upon heavy metals and chemicals and just started researching from there and did some, did a hair mineral analysis. And lo and behold, really high mercury, really high arsenic, really high aluminum. I also had cesium and thallium and uranium. I mean, just all these metals. And for me, it was just a real aha moment. And once I started tending to detox those, I've just felt better and better and better and continue uh, to detox and improve my health. And I just started researching and writing about everything I was learning on uh, MyersDetox.com just to warn other people about this very important missing piece in people's health regimens. Because I know I got tired of doing everything right and not getting the results that I thought I deserved. And really toxins were what I was missing, detoxing all the metals and chemicals we have in our environment. Yeah, what a story. And it's so common for people to be doing the right things. I see so many people with that as well. You know, they're eating their greens and they've maybe eliminated gluten and they're exercising and taking care of stress, all the stuff that you were doing, but they still don't feel well. And I always tell people there's got to be an answer. You know, the answers are out there. We just have to kind of look in the right place. And oftentimes we're just people are missing it if they're not seeing the right practitioner or just not looking in the right place. I actually had a lot of metals as well. And I know I've shared this on some of the other shows that I had 16 amalgam fillings when I was younger. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I was also a sort of what we call non-excreter. So when I did my first hair mineral analysis, I didn't show any mercury. I had copper, which was coming out. So the yeah. mercury is really hidden. And then it took some other tests to figure out. I mean, I knew it must be in there. I mean, after having 16 fillings for, you know, probably 15 or 20 years, <laughs> it's got to go somewhere. Yeah. And that's the thing with hair mineral analysis is it doesn't show the mercury from mercury fillings. And I just, I haven't noticed any correlation with that. That's why we use a urine test 
to see that inorganic mercury from fillings. I mean, it can your gut can convert some of that that uh, inorganic mercury to methyl mercury, which we would see on a hair test. But I really show, so I've seen very little correlation between mercury fillings and mercury on an HTMA. But it's there. You know it's there. Um, but a lot of times people also just don't, uh, they're not detoxing very well, especially if they're kind of ill. And so they won't see a lot of toxins on a first hair test. But once they're taking the nutrients they need and minerals and giving their body the raw materials it needs to detox and push these metals out, we'll see much more in subsequent tests. Yeah. And sometimes also what happened with me was I had a lot of copper, which showed up and I needed to detox and remove all the copper before my body was even able to realize that there was mercury because there was this priority order that was happening. And as soon as the copper came down, then the mercury went through the roof. So I definitely also did a few years of all different kinds of detoxes, but gosh, what an amazing effect that had um, taking out all of those metals is, is really important on everything, you know, sleep, but of course also energy and just brain health and skin and overall vitality. Yeah, that's good that you said that because there's definitely, um, you know, the, the body will release stuff as it's ready. So as it in the priority and as it has the materials and you know, the, the tools to do so, the nutrients that it needs to push toxins out. And I've seen this with so many clients working them for years that they'll have one metal come out and the next test will be a different metal coming out and the next test, another metal coming out. But we don't typically see the entire body burden of toxins on one test. So you need to do a series of tests while you're, you're detoxing. Yeah. Well, and also when we're detoxing, we want to make sure that, you know, we're doing a little bit at a time so that we can handle it. And I know I've done stuff where I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna do this really quick. I only have two weeks because then I have something else going on. Let me just take all the stuff. And, you know, it kind of bites you because then you really don't feel well if you can't actually get it all out as you're pulling them all. So it is about kind of going slow and, you know, really working with what the body can handle. Absolutely. Yeah. And some people don't detox very well. The the people that have maybe listening that have tried detoxes and they just feel like they get really sick um, or they just don't feel well afterwards. It's, you know, if you're that person, you really have to work with a practitioner that knows what's going on, that can look at uh, what, what your roadblock is to detoxification and if you're really, really sensitive to supplements, that throws another wrench in things. So at Myers Detox, we have a lot of different tools, including bioenergetics, uh, for uh, to get people's bodies detoxing better and working better, and uh, have a lot of tools in our back pocket, especially for people that can't really go that traditional um, functional medical route for taking supplements or Uh, They just can't do certain detoxes or have a lot of food sensitivities. Uh, We have other things we can do with them. Yeah, that's so good to know. And for everyone listening, if you are one of those people, I just don't want you to think that there's nothing that can be done. There's ways to do things very gently. There's ways to really just stimulate the body in a way that's going to be healthy, that's going to be safe. So it's not about just pushing because sometimes people will say, well, I'm just going to push through. I don't care if I don't feel well, I'm just going to do this for a month, even if I feel like crap, but that's not good because then we know that your body can't handle it. And then you're overburdening a lot of those pathways. So it, it really does help to do it the right way with what your body can handle. 
you know, there's, there's always a workaround. <laughs> That's my firm believer. No matter what it is, there's always a workaround. And for some people, it's just about, they just can only take minerals. We just have to start them only taking minerals and let their body do the rest of the work, let their body kind of release stuff as they're ready. So you don't always have to think of detoxes, taking all these detox supplements. It's not what it's always about. Sometimes just taking minerals gets people where they want to be. So we just work with people wherever they're at, wherever their body is at. Now, what about some things like saunas or uh, specific type of, um, you know, exercise to move toxins? Do you like any of those? Absolutely. I love near infrared saunas. Any type of sauna is fine, like a, a far infrared sauna, as long as it's infrared. Because um, infrared, there's tons of research that shows that Far infrared saunas detox you. The majority of the research is on far infrared saunas. I personally prefer a near infrared sauna. Those are uh, these red light bulbs that produce far infrared rays and near infrared rays. And you get all the detox benefits. You know, the far infrared heats you up and that's what gets you sweating and detoxing. Um, but the near infrared give you a lot of other benefits like stimulating your mitochondria, charging up your mitochondria to make energy and just doing all these different things, helping to, um, you know, increase easy water in your intracellular tissues, which creates negative ions, which has all these different health benefits and uh, just there's really like 30 plus different benefits of uh, infrared saunas. And so those help to produce more productive sweats. There's a lot more toxins in the sweat after using an infrared sauna than just exercising or just using a regular sauna, which like a sauna that you see at your gym perhaps where it's a kind of wooden inside and they have like a little heater going and, you know, it's so hot, you can't stay in those for very long. So they're not as productive for detoxification because you just, you can't stay in them. Uh, but they do help every little bit, every little bit of sweating helps. Um, but when you're sweating, when you're exercising, um, you're in kind of a sympathetic uh, mode, you're in fight or flight mode. And you need to be in parasympathetic mode, kind of that rest, relax, uh, digestive detox state in order to detox ideally. And so when you're exercising, your, your nervous system is not in that mode. So even though you are sweating, doing your power yoga, whatever you're doing, your hot yoga, um, it helps, but it's not as productive for detox as the kind of sweat you get in a near or far infrared sauna. Mm, that's such a good point. I love that. Uh, Wendy, as we wrap up here, can you give everyone listening your best three pieces of advice on how we can lower our toxic exposure and the things that we all can do right away to start naturally detoxing? Yes. Well, to lower your toxin exposure, um, there's so many things that you can control in your environment. Number one is drinking clean water. So either drinking bottled glass spring water, uh, that's usually my number one go-to. Next, I'd say, you know, you've got to rethink your beauty products and makeup and cosmetics and shampoo and, and all these things. They have a lot of different toxins that absorb 10 times more efficiently through our skin than if you ate them. Because if you're eating something, you're 
liver is helping to, to detox it. You know, your liver's, you know, processing stuff out of our body. But if you just put it directly on your skin, you're kind of bypassing that really important filtration mechanism. And also uh, your household cleaners, really important to kind of rethink all of those. I just use alcohol and vinegar and essential oils, maybe baking soda, very, very simple cleaners uh, in my home. And so many people are so obsessive with killing bacteria. It's going to kill all the bacteria. Well, your body is knows how to deal with bacteria. Your body knows how to process that and deal with it. Your body does not deal well with the chemicals and dioxins and fragrances and chlorine bleach and so many other toxic chemicals that are like in the oven cleaners and all this garbage is makes you can make you very ill, can give you cancer um, later in life if you've been exposed to this stuff for years and years and years. And it's why your indoor air can be you know much more toxic than the outdoor air where we are breathing in car exhaust. So you really need to start, you know, rethinking kind of this conventional notion people have of cleaning their homes. You want to avoid uh, introducing toxic chemicals into your home. You can kill bacteria in natural ways. Thank you so much for that. Um, Wendy, I so appreciate you being here and for all of this information. Thank you again. And we'll talk soon. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me. As we just heard, our toxic burden is going to affect many areas of our health and has a huge connection to sleep, which many people don't often realize. I'll tell you more about what we did for Valerie in just a second. But first, if you want to contact or find out more about my guest, Wendy Myers, please visit healthmysterysolve.com and go to episode number 24. There you'll see all the details, show notes, and resources that Wendy and I discuss in the show, including the guide to coffee enemas that she mentioned. And for Valerie, I started with food. And if you've been listening to this show, I know that you've heard me talk about the importance of the food that we eat and how that's really the foundation for everything. We can't stop removing toxins while eating and drinking toxins at the same time. That's just counterproductive. So we worked on lowering Valerie's processed food consumption and adding in whole grains, more fruits and vegetables, and focusing on eating more organic, especially when it came to her meat and dairy choices. We also looked at where she could lower toxins in her personal care products and cleaning products. Now, thankfully today, there's so many brands that use natural ingredients, it's a lot easier to make the switch now. That alone helped Valerie feel lighter and overall more energetic. But in order to really get to the root of the sleep, we had to do some detoxification. I first put Valerie on a product called Bitter X. I really love this product and use it for various things. It helps to thin bile and gets things moving, which is great for any kind of detox to help to open up the channels of elimination. Now, based on Valerie's genetics, she had a harder time detoxifying and held on to toxins longer due to polymorphisms in the enzymes of a cycle called methylation and sulfation. While genetics are important, it's even more important though to see how and if these genes are actually expressing. So I ran an organic acid test and saw that Valerie was low in folate, a natural form of folic acid 
and sulfate. This showed that those genes were in fact expressing, and so I had Valerie take 1,000 micrograms of natural methylated folate along with 100 micrograms of B12, both in the methyl and the adenosyl form. I used a product called B12ND and L5-MTHF for those. Now, after a month of bees and the bitters, I started her on a detox called the push-catch detox. And like the name suggests, it helps to push out the toxins and then catch them so they don't get reabsorbed. There's two products that come along with this. One is called liver sauce and one is called ultra binder. They work well for lots of different toxins from heavy metals to glyphosate exposure to lots and lots of things in between. We use this along with the B vitamins and the bitters for a month. And by the last week of the detox, she finally slept through the night without waking up. Woohoo! We did one more month of the detox to make sure we got out as much as we could to solidify the results. Valerie then continued her B vitamins and better eating habits. And even after we stopped the push catch cleanse, she continued to sleep soundly. She really enjoyed the detox and I recommended that she repeat it in six months and then use it annually because even with clean eating and living, we're exposed to toxins around us all the time. And it's great to do something periodically to detoxify. And by the way, I also did suggest enemas to Valerie before we started the detox and she used them a few times throughout the cleanse. Coffee enemas are a wonderful thing to add to any detox program if you're able. Now, if Valerie sounds like someone you know, please share this episode with them and make sure you subscribe to the show because the next health mystery I uncover could be one you or someone you love is dealing with right now. And if you like the show, I would so appreciate it if you can go onto iTunes and rate and review the podcast. The reviews really help spread the word so that more people can learn about the possible answers and know that they're not alone in their health struggles. When it comes to solving your health issues, please don't give up. The answers are out there and there is hope. I'm Ina Toppler. Thank you so much for listening and see you next week on Health Mystery Solved. All information, content, and material on this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider.